Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode number 39 of the Runback Podcast. By the way, Merry Christmas. The Santa's Elves are here this fortnight to deliver you some absolutely banging content and MMA news. Look, before I get into it, introduce the man behind the buttons. The man with the most delicious beard in MMA history. That's right. I'm talking about the one and only, the producer, DL. Mate, what's good? Talk to me. Snacks. Snacks, what's good is I'm good. There's a couple of little secrets in today's podcast that might certify that a little bit more, but we'll leave that to your imagination. But Snags, I'm good. Not long till Christmas. So I hope you've been a good snag this year. All right, look, listen to those snags on the naughty list, baby. That's how we roll. <laughs> snags coming from Adelaide. How is Adelaide look, today? We've gone uh, interstate. We've only recorded so far from New South Wales and Victoria. Obviously, the potty started in Victoria in the original days. Big dash shout out. Uh, but Snags is actually traveling for work. Staying at the Crown. Said to the Crown, yeah, recording a potty tonight. Gave me a free upgrade because, yeah, they knew about Run It Back and they just said, oh, mate, put him in the suite. Put him <laughs> in the suite. So, boys, rolling views of Adelaide. Mate, couldn't be happier. Let's roll, baby. Mate, it's a nice show to do it on with a nice little upgrade. Big show, big show today. Uh, last of the prediction podcast for the year, we'll take a look at UFC Vegas 17. And it's getting quite exciting at the top of the runner-back leaderboard. Well, for some anyway. After this podcast, we'll jump straight into an award show where we'll crown our very first runner-back champion. Stoney obviously has the lead. He's been gung-ho in his his retaining of the crown over the last few months. But we'll cover that in the leaderboard update later on in the podcast. Plenty of other cool things on today's show. We think we better introduce the boy himself. Stoney, have you been a good little Stoney like little snags? DL, could not have said it better <laughs> myself. Reigning soon to be crowned world champ of the Runner Back podcast. Has a good ring to it. And uh, thank you for the kind words. Welcome back, by the way. Sorry, good, I should have Good said to that. be back after missing uh, last fortnight's episode. Good to be back amongst it. Uh, actually get the right to defend myself. A few little subtle jabs <laughs> thrown my way by our good friends in the other state. So, no, looking forward to it. Man, how's the, how's the mansion? Mansion's traveling well. Just, uh, you know, losing my kid a little bit. Um, you know, too many rooms to really, you know, track the whereabouts of the fam. But other than that, it's going good. A lot of uh, peace and quiet. And you, you win the run it back uh, inaugural championship and, you know, your life changes, Snag. So, you know, maybe I can give you a few tips for 2021 if you're keen. Mate, firmly disagree. We all know that uh, Deal and Snags just let you get the sponsorship money from last uh, last party where you hosted the podcast for the first time and last time in your life, may I add. But, uh, mate, I'm glad you used the money for a good thing. And uh, not like Snags and Deal, I would have supported the community, but you keep it for yourself <laughs> as per usual. So I'm going to introduce one of the other boys that would have probably done the same thing as Snags and Deal. Step in. Baby, talk to me. Give me a stat about Snags right now. Let's roll. Um, I'll tell you a stat about snags. You got an upgrade. Is that a jacuzzi in the background I can see? Well, he's not want to talk about it because I'm currently sitting in it, okay? So just let it's me roll. It's actually ridiculous. Okay? First time, was- the biggest stat of this week is first time that we're podcasting from Adelaide and a jacuzzi at the same time, boys. Let's see how we roll. Honestly, that's just that's just flat out impressive. It is Christmas season, which is very, very exciting. Um, and 2021, especially in the UFC and the MMA world, but also in the runner-back world is looking very, very exciting. A little bit of unfinished business still left to go in the leaderboard to tie a bow on 2020. Very excited to see how this card plays out. So it's, it's almost a, a three-person a three person race here. Well, it's definitely not a four-person race, but at the very least a three-person a three race. A trouble. Very exciting. 
trouble. Well, shots fired there. Snags doesn't like a race one. He's always in front, baby. That's right. Good looks. <laughs> That's all I'm winning this 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 season, boys, and I'll take it. Nailed it. Gold Nailed medal that. put around his neck and put a frame on the wall for each of the boys. <laughs> boys on the back of that. Uh, I think Snags might have had a few bourbons tonight, so we might jump into a story time with Snags with a twist. Alrighty, boys, welcome back to the most touted segment in uh, all of the podcast lands. We're going to start with story time with Snags, and then we've got a little bit of a twist at the end of it, uh, if that's all right, producer DL. Uh, might, might start off with the uh, you know, the content that woos the written gods, the content that brings Snags into the New York bestsellers, baby. That's for sure. I don't even want to go to New York, but yeah, we rolled it, so... Boys, welcome back to the ABC of MMA, or as you boys would like to call it over the last week, the ABC of Snags. And uh, we're going to roll in. We've got four letters again this week. Let me just quickly recap for the boys, right? Because uh, listeners may forget where we're up to. Uh, we're up to the letter G. So A for Anaconda, B for Berambolo, one of my favorites, C for Charles Sonnen, D for Denaher, that's right, John Denaher, E for Eddie Bravo. F for fuss. That's right. <laughs> no fuss. Keith Beeson. Zach. Don't even talk to me, baby, because you know that's right. And G for go-go platter, baby, because that's right. Snags is going all the way tonight, boys. So we're up to letter H, I, J, and K. That's right. I know my alphabet, boys. And what a better way to start. I'm going to start with letter H. So I'm going to throw it over to my man, co-host of the podcast. Wouldn't be here without you. Talk to me. What's the letter H, baby? Well, I had to think a little bit more like you. So I went more for a move more than a person. So I'm going to go a headlock roll. A what? A headlock roll. Oh, that's not a good sign. A headlock roll. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing the sound effect before I said that's incorrect, baby. Statman, talk to me. Helwani. Oh. Ariel Helwani. So what? Ariel Helwani. I'm sorry, that's firmly incorrect, but thank you for your trial. Stoney, last fortnight, mate, I actually missed your presence because I knew probably the only one that would get something right, so uh, hit snags with a H, baby. Absolutely. This will go a long way in determining the authenticity of this book, but no MMA alphabet book would be complete without the letter H being for Herb Dean, boys, an absolute icon and cult figure in Mm. the history of MMA. Mm. It's true. Mm. Wow, I can't think of it could be anything other than that. That's true. Statman, wash your mouth out with soap and tell me that you're joking right now. The Hammer, Chelsea Haggard Boys, podcast favourite. I can't believe you got that wrong. Chelsea would be filthy at the three of you and uh, only good at snags right now. Jesus, Chelsea, if you listen to the podcast, I'm extremely sorry for the boys. I apologise and I'm the same as you. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, okay? So, boys, pull your heads in. Let's line up for the next three letters, pretty please, because that was absolutely atrocious. Sorry, okay? oh, Sorry Charles. I'm embarrassed. I can see DL right now. He's absolutely filthy at himself. A little bit. Okay, we're going to go backwards this time. I, Stoney, give me the letter I. This is an obvious one. Very obvious. So obvious. I can't believe you got me first to get it right. Uh, thanks to Tony Ferguson, I'm going in Imanazi roll. Oh, that was... Mm. Mm. John, mm. I'm going to go to the boys before I say yes or no. Stat man. <laughs> Um, I've, I've, I've just tried to use this to think about like what the most impact has been done to the world of MMA for I, I'm going to say ISO chats with snacks. Oh, 
Oh, look <laughs> at that was suck. actually well played. We're going to go Dale before I give a yes or no to the boys. Why are you changing the format of the segment? <laughs> Guess what, boys? Snags, that's what he wants, baby. You know that, especially after he's had about seven bourbons tonight. <laughs> What's your pick? Oh, so me. you keep going. Easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, knew you were going to pick that. That's the incorrect <laughs> one out of the two boys, that's for sure. Stoney, can you correct me what the what the move was? An Imanazi roll. Imanari roll. It's there you go. Statman gives me the question. <laughs> you know what? Even though that you're wrong, you're wrong again. It's like incorrect. Uh, boys, I almost was going to go Imanari roll. That's why I was a bit surprised, but I'm going to go, it's time. That's right, boys. The classic catchphrase from Bruce Buffer. How could he go past an MA book? I'm disappointed you all again. Classic, classic, classic. So let's move into... Uh, Why did you change format if they were all wrong? Snags may have two answers for the letters, depending <laughs> on what the boys say. <laughs> Imanari was one of them. Do you know what the third Stony one was? Tony said this. Do you know what the third one was? The, What's that? Injuries. Oh, God. Injuries. That, that is a DL one. Yeah, I don't all the time. Uh, but it's time was actually number one, boys. Look. Oh, no, I can't because there's oh, all the letters. Oh, oh hello. Oh, that one. Screenshot. It went uh, It's Time in a Imanari roll and then Injuries is three. That was the saving grace, that one. because obviously a shit pick. Okay, we're up to the letter J. Statman, hit me. Jonathan Dwight Jones. Yep, firmly incorrect. I'll move on from you. Won't ask you for K, but Stoney. <laughs> the biggest name in MMA outside of the cage. Give me a bit of Joe Rogan. Oh. Yep, false. Snags is biggest name out of the cage. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, mate. Deal. Judo. Judo is not it. Thank you very much. It's a jiu-jitsu. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, it's so close. How did you not get that one? We are talking about jiu-jitsu from letter A to basically letter J the whole time. You've been like, is this MMA of BJJ or uh, is it MMA? Oh, you guys kill me. Okay, we're going to go to letter K. K for kitty outside of MMA, okay? DL. Uh, I'm going to go slash... A discipline and a person. Karate hottie. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I'll I'll let him wait to the end then. Okay. Sammy. I'm actually going both a um, a person and a what, – what did you say? What did you say, DL? Person, person and person discipline. A discipline yeah, and I'm a person. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going a hottie. person and a move. I'm going Kimura. Oh. Kimura oh, is my own. Oh, yes. Stoney's thrown his That's much smarter than Snags, but it could be it. Stoney, talk to me, I baby. I had Kimura, but I'm, I'm going to No one's got that. one right yet. Um, I would say a knee bar, but Ooh. but I'm not going to say a knee yeah, bar because don't. I just <laughs> I remember that this book is being authored by the most illiterate person on the podcast. He forgets there's a silent K, so he's got that under N. I'm going for a knockout. Give me a good old KO. Wait, wait, no, let me just correct you for a second. You said, I'm not going to go something that's really yeah, basic. Yeah. So you went from a knee bar to a knockout. Yeah, knockout. That's right. Yeah. Nothing, nothing other than a good KO. Yeah, right. Hit me with that green tick, DL. Yeah, green ticks are nothing but a no, baby. That's for sure. Do you know, boys, it disappoints me I have to give someone half a point in this, okay? I'm going to give DL half a point. Oh. It's karate, okay. isn't it? It's karate. Because yes. <laughs> I thought no one would Yay. get that. It's a letter case for karate because we've seen a couple of stances in the time, boys. And, mate, karate is just never going to die. That's for sure. <laughs> Do we remember when Lyoto Machida 
you know, just came in and then fucking honestly, if you're a karate sensei, your memberships went up by about yeah. 25% for about a year and a half. <laughs> Other than that, see you later, boys. So that's the, the four letters for this week, listeners. I know you're going to probably tune out from the podcast now, but please don't because we've got an absolute doozy rest of a banger for you. And I'll tell you what, next we're going to roll into actually, boys, it's back. It's back. Run it back, court is back. Chris Snags, especially from one of the listeners, Punch List has uh, let the boys know about something, and I've just got something to say. So, look, it comes, boys, with absolute disappointment that I have to address this on the podcast. Um, yeah. Being a four-stripe white belt, sometimes I think to myself, I should just deal with this on the mats, but I can't. Okay? Punch List has reached out to the boys from a uh, sign of respect, Snags would say, and that's where I take this person to court, and I say it's plagiarism. Okay? We launched this podcast many, many moons ago, and Snags launched this book moons and moons ago, boys. And what's come of it, someone's ripped us off and ripped us off quickly. We're trying to slow launch the ABC of MMA. And these bastards have gone out and gone the most generic terms ever for the ABC of MMA. I'm talking about Anderson Silva for A. <laughs> Anaconda choke. Right here? Baron Bowlers in there? B. I don't even want to talk to you about what B is, that man. Guess what their B would probably be? Of anything that it could be other than BJ Pan, that's right. Most boring thing you've ever seen in your life. Got beat by a heel hook not long ago. Jesus Christ. Plagiarism at its best, boys. Taking my idea and just taking it to the masses without snags, letting him absolutely articulate the delicious alphabet to the fans. So, boys, I'm looking for a jury here. Okay? Guilty or not guilty for these plagiarism. Ripping off con artists. Okay, Dale, what's the verse? I've never heard the whole end of Law and Order theme music. There's a whole solo at the end. It's awesome. Uh, it's Guilty from uh, from producer Dale. Guilty. Stat man. So we've been running this for, what, three months? Two three months years, now? it feels like. That's for sure. The ABC of MMA. Um, and, the, and they've managed to hear the first episode, get the concept... <laughs> Produce a book and start selling it in that Amazing. time. I mean, they're hardworking plagiarists. That's for sure. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, that's Guilty. Right. Correct. Thank you, Stony. So, who's the defendant? Punch list. <laughs> defendant is buddy one of the witnesses. Right. Punchless MMA podcast. One of the witnesses. Right. And I know the boys would come to Snags' defence. Mate, they'd probably fly across the Pacific mm. just to talk to me right now. I, I was going to say, if they were on the trial, I've got a lot of time for them, so I'd find them not guilty. But uh, in light of that, yeah, they're, they're going to have to bring the torch. Uh, the tribe has spoken. I think that's firmly guilty. Thanks, boys. Look, I appreciate the support. For all the listeners, the boys will probably release this book at one stage, and obviously it's got a lot more flavour than this bloody blatant rip-off, I would say. Blatant. <laughs> It's like going to Paddy's Markets on a Sunday, boys. You think you're getting a pair of Adidas? You're not. <laughs> Such a specific reference. <laughs> <laughs> Those that listen from not in Australia just, have no just, clue just what I'm talking just, about right now. Everyone, everyone who's not local to Sydney is just like, Honestly, right. running back court might get taken to real court Run uh, for defamation <laughs> after. Yeah. Okay, boys, let's know. cut I, it I off there. I don't know if you can just say. But anyway, running back wins again, baby. <laughs> One nil in court, that's for sure. Right. Fuck, that was such a better segment than last time I, I tried to do run it back court. I've cut the run it back court out so many times out of this podcast. I was going to say, I was got cut last time. Do you know what? Wasn't even prepared. 
But I was no, just I so show. fired up. Just bloody really got me grinding my gears, that's oh, for sure. <laughs> Run it back court and like the second one that's gonna make it. <laughs> oh shit. Seriously. I've done more bloody run it back court intros than I have bloody normal intros and they made it better. Oh Jesus. Anyway, boys, thanks for joining in. At least we're up and about list. for the rest Mate, of the Appreciate party. the yeah. support, yeah. appreciate the love. Keep fighting the good fight. Snags will never die, baby. Alright, boys, let's straighten up with a bit of hot take. <laughs> After just 21 days since their last fight, an absolute violent flyweight bout took place on UFC 256, this being the same card where Kevin Holland scored win number five in a calendar year. Are we moving into 2021 with fighters being more active than ever? Look, Snag's going to say no, and from the premise of 2020 is just a fucking weird year. Like, you know, who would have thought I'd become a best-selling bookseller and someone would play drive my content? And then also... You know, fighters just got to do what they do and I think we're restricted in terms of who we can get in on events at the moment and uh, we're going to hope 2021, you know, probably breaks very a bit and the boys get a bit of a break and we get a, a wider range of fighters on each card. So I'm going to say no, boys. Uh, I'm going to say yes and no, DL. Uh, I think it's opened the doors for those up-and-coming fighters. Uh, it's shown that you can get more than your traditional three fights a year in if you really are serious about making a name for yourself and injuries permitting. Uh, I certainly don't you know, foresee the likes of Conor McGregor uh, fighting you know, more often as a result. So I think those fighters that are already a headliner, we're not going to see more of them, but these up-and-comers like your Kevin Hollands you know, is a great example. You know, we might see more of them moving forward. Uh, yeah, the boys, have, the boys have hit the nail on the head. I think the active fighters that we have seen are the ones who have put their hands up to to take on more opportunity. But then you've got other incredibly active fighters who haven't been able to fight so much this year. So the, I think the fighters that we are seeing on every single card are those fighters who are a local, uh, either in Dubai or in Vegas, and can turn around quickly. Um, or they're the fighters who will just say, yes, just put me on the card. And let's go to the listeners. <laughs> 87% said yes, with only 13% saying no. In some sports, a draw just doesn't feel right. Would you like to see a fourth round played out in these circumstances to give one more chance to determine a winner? Uh, what happens if it's two all? Well, what? it can't be because it's a draw it's a three after round fight too. So unless they, unless it's they, a three they draw round fight, what happens? It's two rounds each. No, well, if it's three rounds, it'll be two one. You you wouldn't go to a fourth. It would to only go, go to, to the fourth round if the if it was yeah. two one. If it was two yeah. one, it wouldn't go to a fourth round. Well, isn't yeah. that why it's three rounds to start with? No, from yeah. Snags. Because <laughs> someone tell him how MMA scoring the draws works. happen in the sports Snags. They they already happen because ten eight rounds or point deductions. So. No. What firm this question no. is... I don't want to talk to positive. you anymore. Firm no. Okay. <laughs> it's making more and more sense how, how Snag's got a third out of three people in jiu-jitsu tournament. <laughs> so true. Uh, oh, wait. Three. I just thought to myself, yeah, they have to be at one. But why would they be at one, two, and then go to a fourth round? We still have, we have draws. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't nah, do that. No, I'm still a no. <laughs> okay. The level of intelligence here, Dale. He might be, you know, the second best book seller, being the only person to release a book on the podcast. So... Uh, <laughs> Look for uh, me, boys. Nah, I'm going to say that's an incorrect <laughs> false as well. 
For me, I'm going to say no. I think there is a time and a place for a draw. Uh, you, you don't like to see it happen too often, but, you know, I, I recall the, the Wonderboy and Woodley. Uh, you know, I thought that was a super close fight. Uh, and I loved the fact that first one was a draw. I mean, you know, it set the stage for, for them to run it back. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. If a fight is close enough, let's uh, give it a draw and, you know, run that back down the line. And what a fantastic, fun rematch that Woodley... <laughs> That Woodley Thompson fight ended up being it was absolutely snooze fest. I do say, <laughs> tell us what you really that there is that room man. for a sudden death fight, a sudden death round. Uh, the only way I would find it to be acceptable is if live scoring came into play. Uh, if the fighters knew heading into the third round that things might be even, and then the third round was close or could have had a ten eight round, at least then the fighters would be somewhat aware that there is a possibility of a fourth round or a sixth round in a five-round fight. fight. Um, But I just think that any time you go to the decision, the fighters wouldn't be able to relax until they heard. Because there's been some crazy, crazy scorecards come out where fighters have just randomly got them. So I I think it has to come into play with live scoring. Let's go listeners. A lot tighter than expected. So 58% said yes, 42% said no. I thought most listeners would have been snags on that 2-2, baby. Uh, I think our listeners are smarter than that. (laughs) 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 Well played. (laughs) That was the the most witty you've ever been in your whole life. (laughs) He didn't play it cool after he said it or anything. He's like, of course, he felt cool inside. You could tell by his facial expressions. He's like, holy shit, I've just outwitted snacks. (laughs) Proceed. That was well played. I will uh, stand corrected. Last week, Dana White announced up to 60 fighters will be cut from the roster. Large cuts and turnover of players in big leads like NFL, NBA are a normal part of business. Should we see more regular turnover in roster sizes in MMA promotions, especially on the back of the success of fighters coming off the contender series? Ah, tricky one. I say no. I say just cut the people that aren't uh, winning fights, for one, and uh, just keep rolling on. Like, what's the, what's the harm in having a big depth roster? Can't see one. Yeah, look, it is a tricky one. I think the, the harm in having a big depth roster is you, you can have a lot of fighters that just don't get the attention or, or the opportunity that they deserve. So sometimes culling it back and ensuring that everyone gets a bit, bit bigger slice of the pie, not in terms of, you know, just financially, but also opportunity and exposure. I think that could be a benefit. Uh, what I do like is there. Being a, a loyal uh, follower, it, it's tough to see the likes of Anderson Silva and Yoel Romero getting you know, a gentle nudge to move on. But historically, you look back and you look at the likes of Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, people that were kept around for just far too long and went on you know, ridiculous one and eight uh, records to finish their career. I'm glad the UFC you know, in 2020 appears to be moving past that where they're being a lot more uh, you know, proactive in, in giving the tap on the shoulder when a, a fighter's time has come and they've run their race in the UFC. You know, they're not uh, keeping him around just for namesake, and, and I don't don't mind that. Yeah, but Statman, how many per division is signed to the UFC? Like, uh, it's, the it's, a hu- it's a huge number. Um, so they've got about 600, 700 fighters at the moment. Uh, it's a lot of divisions. There's about 10 divisions, I think, or 11 divisions. Um, but the women's featherweight, for example, has like four fighters in it. So um, some divisions like lightweight and featherweight have a huge roster, huge stable. Um, there's fighters in the lightweight division that if they were welterweight, they'd be top 15 and they're not even in the top 30 of their division. So some level of depth is needed. What I would love for the UFC 
is not to is to cut these 60 fighters and then don't just in a year or two get swollen back up to this ranks. The what the UFC needs to do is switch to a fortnightly show rather than a weekly show, uh, and then have 15 fights on the card. That way you can you can still put on a great number of fights. Everyone gets their chance in the spotlight, but you don't have bi yearly mass cullings just before Christmas of of fighters. Briefly on what Stoney said, you've got the aging legends who are who are cut out. I also find that the cuts get a little bit easier in retrospect. If you look at some cuts that the UFC have made of talented fighters like Rory McDonald, John Fitch, and stuff like that, once they're gone from the UFC and they're they're fighting regional talent, you go, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get, I maybe they weren't worth three hundred thousand dollars per fight, or maybe they weren't worth four hundred thousand dollars per fight. That's just my take on it. Let's go, to the listeners. Fifty-seven percent said yes. Forty-three percent said no. With the increasing likelihood that Khabib will never return to the UFC, and when you've got Tony Ferguson off back-to-back losses, is it starting to make sense that Connor and Dustin in January will be for a belt? Nah, I disagree firmly from Snags. I think uh, the boys got to roll their back way into that division and try to work their way up to a title rather than be given it. I know name value would be uh, very tempting, would be for myself also, but uh, Snags is going to say a firm no and doesn't say no very often, boys, that's for sure. Yeah, I love disagreeing with Snags and I'll, I'll love to do it again. Uh, I think so. Who are you going to roll in? Uh, I know Charles Oliveira had a, had a great win against Tony Ferguson, but you, you know Michael Chandler, Chandler was touted as the backup for – uh, you know, the main event a, a month or so back. It doesn't feel like anyone's, you know, deserving, you know, in in the true sense of it. And and people will say, you know, we've entered this era where, you know, name value just gets gets title shots. And I, I'm calling, you know, that bluff on that. Uh, you know, you date back to 2004, Kenny Shamrock come back after six years off and walk straight into a title fight against Tito Ortiz. So for those people saying that, you know, the landscape has changed and everything gets handed to Connor, you know, that, that's not entirely true. This has been happening for many, many years. Uh, and I think the name value of a, a Connor and Dustin, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Make it for the belt and then make uh, Oliveira and Chandler for the number one contender and let's restart this division and kick it off the right way. Mate, we go back to 2004, also rewinding VHS tapes with a rewind button. So uh, I would say firmly incorrect from you. But anyway, Statman, proceed. The Matrix came out on DVD in 1999, which was the, the, <laughs> the, boom, of the, the boom of the DVD. Um, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> well played. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that Conor McGregor hasn't won a lightweight fight since 2016, over four years ago. Um, to chuck him into a title fight against Dustin Poirier uh, when his most relevant wins in the last couple of years come at welterweight is a little bit ridiculous. I think what the UFC needs to do is do a little bit of a four-man tournament. you got Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier and the winners face off for the title. But you're in a division at the moment where the top three fighters have all got recent losses to Khabib. Um, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable for anyone to call themselves the true champion. Uh, I'll just throw in George St. Pierre, another one, you know, more recent times, walked back after four or five years out of the sport, never fought in that division, straight into a title shot against Michael Bisping. So this is not unheard of. If they did make this fight, this is not special treatment for Conor McGregor. This has been done many times before. Let's see what the listeners had to say. Only 38% said yes, 62% said no. That's pretty strong. That was hot take. We 
We did it in the last episode. We like to tag on a little listener's questions straight from the people. This week's one is from a friend of ours. Dylan, not Frank. Get inside me. Plays a bit of small bat with the boys on the weekends occasionally. Ascendant MMA is his account. Good little account. A lot of breakdowns, really good. And they've started doing some video editing as well. So if you want to check him out, check out that's Ascendant MMA. Let's go to Frank's question. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. I uh, just wanted to, uh, first of all, actually, it's great to hear all four of you back together. Um, my question for the fellas was, who has a better redemption story? Uh, is it Tyson Fury going from overweight, uh, heavily obese, uh, drug and alcohol dependent and depressed to heavyweight champion? Is it Michael Bisping from one-eyed journeyman uh, dead shit to middleweight champion of the world? Is it Snags coming last, not third in his jiu-jitsu tournament to not really doing much else? Or is it the boys going 0-3 in the small bat and then bringing it back and winning one on the weekend? Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, Look forward to hearing your answers. Cheers, boys. Frank and Dylan, baby, I just can't encapsulate in words how much I love and appreciate you, for one. Uh, secondly, to answer your question, obviously it's the boys, the fund managers, going zero and three, then absolutely clawing their way back through extensive research and uh, sifting through the Ukrainian and Russian f- table tennis files to give the boys a win one weekend. Uh, you know, feelings were extremely low in the small back group as we went into it, but uh, the boys pulled through and I think there's no better redemption story than uh, three of the fund managers delivering for the boys. So uh, I'm going to go with the small back boys. <laughs> that, man? Um, I, I've got to say it's probably Frank, not Dylan, honestly, um, because Lord knows us on the podcast know how hard it is to gently uh, squeeze some some constructive feedback to Sugar Snags. And here we have Frank Knock Dylan saying he's gone nowhere in his life <laughs> and he gets praised as the love of Snags' life. Jesus Christ, we show up to a like a podcast ideas meeting without like the lemon in the water. He's gone. Snags is gone. He's he's chucking a fit and walking out the door. And here's Frank walking in um, with the great the great ascendant MMA Instagram page insulting snags to his face and he gets, he gets love and praise. I just, I'm impressed personally. <laughs> Look, I firmly disagree. <laughs> it's lime, not lemon. That's why <laughs> he's one. always upset. That makes sense. There Two, we're usually over zoom. So you can't present it to me anyway. <laughs> three. I can't count to three. So I don't know. He's done. He's he's done. Boys, I'm, I'm not part of the small bat run, but watching from afar, it's like poetry in motion, just watching that all unfold. <laughs> but I will say as a big fan of the Count Mike Bisbing, nothing pleased me more than seeing that man touch goal. One of the few genuine people I believe never juiced during the TRT era. Uh, it was great to see him, you know, touch gold by the end of his UFC career. And boys, I thought I'd just weigh in quickly there. The small bat is dear to my heart, so I'm always going to go to the small bat. Boys, let's jump into a leaderboard update. Statman, do you want to take us through the results from the picks that we did for UFC Vegas 16 and UFC 256? 
Perfect. So we picked one. We picked the main event for UFC Vegas 16. Marvin Vittori defeated Jack Hermanson uh, by unanimous decision. And then we switched it over to UFC 256. Rafael Fazeev defeated Hanato Moicano by KO in the first round. Cyril Garn defeated Junior Dos Santos by TKO in the second. Kevin Holland defeated Jack Ray Souza by KO in the first. Charles Oliveira defeated Tony Ferguson by decision. And Davison Figueredo and Brenda Marino fought to a majority draw. Now, boys, it's going to get quite interesting here because there's been some moves. No placements have changed, but we've got a little bit tighter on the top here. So let me run through exactly where we're at. But what I thought I'd do, boys, I went back through the archives and Snags would understand. He's sitting there. He's got 62 in the year. He had a little ploy in the last podcast about he was going to go opposite my tips. He did. If they can get home, he was going to turn around an 11-point deficit or something like that. Mm -hmm. Completely completely disregarded what was going to happen. So Snags... Didn't do too well. He only got one point over the two cards. That's a lot. That's actually on par for how Snags normally yeah, does, yeah, so I'm going to give it a par, hand for Snags for, for keeping the average up. I think I got three, didn't half I? Half the course. But I, I didn't want Snags. Three? No, you didn't get three. Did no, <laughs> definitely not. Oh, I was looking at 255. That was nine last <laughs> predictions. And you only got two on that one, yeah. so not three. <laughs> well played. So I thought well, I wanted to put a smile three. on Snags. Anyway, proceed with your sh- silly story. I wanted to put a smile on Snags' face, so... I thought, I need to find a moment where that man was on top. I went back to June 2019. I found episode four, (laughs) and he was on top, and here's a little snippet. Just quickly, uh, I don't have the sheet in front of me, obviously, but just quickly remind me of the picks, like what my score was out of five. Um, So you got five out of five. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So five out of five, and the only one not to put money on the fights. So no, no, uh, be, uh, first time you don't put a multi on and first time I'll probably ever pick all five fights. So. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that was the last time Snags got five winners and was on top of the runner back leaderboard. This was pre-Stony and pre-Statman. This was just don't go back onto the podcast, boys, and find episode four. Just skip over that. Well, I made a couple Take of uh, I made a couple of clear and concise uh comments there. One, I said this will probably be the first and last time I pick from five. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So I'll give myself a point for that. In uh, June 2019, what a time to be alive, baby. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thirdly, when you said, you know, try to find a time when Snags was winning, I win every day, baby. You know that. The listeners know that as well. Okay? Let's get around it. If listeners don't know, Snags just come first in his CrossFit comp about two weeks ago as well. Gold medal come in the mail. Post on Insta, baby. That's for sure. How many people can do <laughs> Well, you'll be glad to know for this one, Statman. Due to COVID 25. restrictions, it was one oh, okay. at a time, Statman. <laughs> yeah. Credit yeah. Clap me. Clap me. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Participation awards. That's what I call number one, baby. I'll even send you the screenshot. I do believe yeah. you. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't if I was you. <laughs> yeah. So Snags, so Snags is 62 with one episode to go for predictions. So he is strongly out of the race. This is where it gets a little bit interesting. I've made up some ground over the last few cards. So I got three on the last card and one on USC Vegas 16. So I've moved to 75. The interesting part of this is Statman. I only got the one over the last mm. two cards and is on 76. Stoney also only the one. Mm. It's on 77. So boys... Technically, we have a three-horse race. It's it's a little bit 
a little bit anxiety inducing knowing that if you repeat the performance, your three there, uh, and and myself and Stoney do, you and Stoney will tie for first and I will lose. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome I'll to come, my world, baby. <laughs> I'll come third and I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm not about that life. So congratulations, Stoney. We're in first spot. Jeez. Who would have thought? Exactly. Well, I would have thought, and uh, I think I, I predicted it many, many months out. But Michael Jordan once said to me, boys, pressure is a privilege. And I'm really enjoying this. You know, heading in one more week, two votes between first and third. Uh, we all know how silver medalist Satman performs when the pressure's on, so I can count him out already. So, DL, it's almost, uh, you know, head-to-head. It's a grudge match in the studio for, for this one. Yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait, actually. Hopefully these tips go the right way, and I think that's a perfect little segue. Let's jump into some predictions for UFC Vegas 17. Boys, we're starting off with the featured. This this card is actually seven, uh, six fights strong. We're actually picking and choosing some fights. The, the uh, headline prelim fight, welterweight bout between Belal Muhammad and Diego Lima. Diego Lima has followed an interesting pattern since starting his UFC career. He's gone loss, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, 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 win, win, win. At this rate, Diego Lima is due for four straight losses. Um, and I believe, Stoney, you're picking. Uh, you certainly have jumped on that, Caitlin Chikagian, uh science. That If you follow <laughs> the, the history, the trend repeats. So well done on learning, Statman. That's a... Uh, that's very good of you. Diego Lima uh, fought, ironically, on the card that brought all the boys together in Melbourne. Had a had a decision win uh, in a fairly close fight from memory. Um, can't remember him doing anything since then. Uh, he's just someone who strikes me as a bit of a journeyman. Uh, but I just think he's light years ahead, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want to. I don't want to talk the stat man out of his terrible pick. So I'm just going to leave it there. But Muhammad all day for for Stony. I don't much like trash-talking fighters who obviously have a lot of skill and a lot of hard work that have gone into their into their practice. But uh, honestly, the, the biggest win for Diego Lima is that his brother is Douglas Lima, Bellator welterweight champion. For this fight, I'm, I'm sticking with Stoney. I'm going Bellal. I think he's just a far better fighter. He's massive favourite too. I think he's like $1.24 on sports yeah, bets. Well, uh, so there's not much value for your multis there, boys. Love the decision win back in June by the boy. I think he'll get it done again. One of the more active fighters on Twitter, by the way. I do enjoy his work. Um, so I'm taking Muhammad as well. Well, boys, to stick with the theme, DL, <laughs> um, have you ever heard of Stephen Bradby before? Yep. <laughs> Winter Olympics, 1996, I think. Who knows? But just as Lima's gone, Snags is on a four-fight four losing streak as well. So I'm going to back him in, baby, for a redemption story here. Lima for Snags. So was he referring to Lima as Bradby or Snags as Bradbury? I think he's... Bit of column A, bit of column B. You never know. (laughs) Bradbury had won anything before he won the Olympic Games anyway. So who knows? What a good-looking individual, though. I think I'm going to dye my hair the same way. Uh, Heading into the main card, we've got the bantamweight bout between Marlon Moriah and Rob Font. Marlon Mariah will be returning to action just over two months after a TKO defeat to Corey Sanhagen, but this is not unusual for Mariah. Wherever, whereas some fighters like to take extended leaves after their losses, Mariah has returned with stunning quickness. 
of his seven career losses. He has returned to action in under 70 days in three of them and in six months or less in another three losses. He's only ever had one career break of more than a year and that was following a win on the regional circuit. Likes to keep busy. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. He obviously had the, the devastating loss to Sanhagen. I still look at Marias as one of the, the absolute top contenders. And I know he won the, the controversial slash not controversial in our eyes, Statman split decision against Jose Aldo. Uh, we got that one right. The boys were filthy. Then coincidentally didn't get the title shot. They gave it to Jose Aldo anyway. So just completely disregard uh, who actually won that fight for the number one contender. So uh, it struck me as odd that he actually still hasn't fought for the belt to fight despite winning the number one contender rights. Um, you know, his last two losses, obviously Sanhagen, we mentioned, Henry Cejudo uh, going back in 2019. You know, he's clocked some good wins. Aljamain Sterling, um, you know, Aldo. He, I really just look at him and think he could still touch UFC gold at some point, as unlikely as that may seem coming on at one win and two losses in his last three. So I'm going Marlon Marais in this one to defeat a fairly lackluster Rob Funt. Um Marlon Marais for me in this one as well. Um, the Jose Aldo fight, obviously clear, clear. I thought uh, the victor in that one. And Henry Cejudo as well. The first round was all Marlon Marais. He gassed out a little bit and lost and, and took the loss. Um, Sandhagen fight was very surprising for me. I did not expect Corey Sandhagen, but that was more me underestimating Sandhagen rather than overestimating Marlon Marais. And, and much like Stoney said, I do think that Rob Font will find himself vastly overmatched in this one. Yeah, I think Marai will have a massive point to prove after going down to Sanhagen. Uh, Font only won fight in 2019 compared to Marais 3. Um, and then Marais obviously had one this year as well. So I think we might see a dominant Marais and take that win. So I'll take Marlon Marais. Quick question for the boys. What's your favorite font on Microsoft Word? Times New Roman. Yeah, boring. Boys. Can't think of a font. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Century Gothic's always a winner. Oh. Ooh. Oh, nice. Weird. Uh, <laughs> I I used to be a Comic Sans man, but I've met no. you. <laughs> no, you did not. No. Uh, did you? Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> and I like. I, maybe I thought I was fun <laughs> for birthday invites when you're like, seven. Sounds like something Snags would say in year seven. <laughs> Comic Sans is fun for not fun people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen to Paul. Listen to Paul. Just get into the boys' DMs. What font do you use on Microsoft Word? Let us know. <laughs> Snags, Trebuchet, MS. Get around it. Uh, on that note, I'm going font for sure. Rob Font for the win, boys. Going against Steel as per usual. Going to claw him back and uh, yeah, see how he goes. Anyway, <laughs> that's my uh, take on the fight, boys. Sorry. The listener's just going to be hating me for the last, last episode of this year. Overlooking the fact that it is a statistical impossibility for Snags to claw it back. I'm very excited <laughs> to watch this continue. Yeah, statistical impossibility for someone to use Comic Sans as well, but we're not ruling that out, are we? <laughs> we're heading into a welterweight bout between Chaos Williams and Michael Pajaya. As we mentioned in the hot take, fighters who are fighting this year are doing so with much more frequency. Chaos Williams is looking to go two wins in two months after his 32nd KO of Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. He's no stranger to the quick turnaround, though. Last year, he took fights on September 25th, October 26th, and November 27th to close out the year, winning all three. Yeah, look, this is an interesting one. This is one of only two that I really you know, grappled with who, who I'm tipping, and... 
it was really hard. I, the momentum has been with the active guys this year. We've seen it with Kevin Holland, um, Shemaev. I'm going to buck the trend. Uh, Pereira is just an enigma he, of an MMA fighter. He does a lot of just very peculiar stuff inside the cage. I would say if Sugar Snags ever took to MMA, the only fighter he would possibly be similar to would be this one. And where the, where the critical point of difference is, is Pereira is actually a really good fighter. And he, and that's where I think the difference between him and Sugar Snags. But <laughs> he's going to get a win. I think he's just got a bit too much more experience. He's going to outclass Chaos. Chaos what, is 57 seconds. Did I read that right? That's his total cage time. Bet- between the two Between the between two, two fights, fights yep. had, Obviously yeah. you know Dynamic finishes in, in both of them uh, Vera Marlon Vera Against That uh, was another one um, Yeah I'm, I'm going with the experience Bucking the trend Of the momentum Carrying the guys Through 2020 uh, This is This is getting a little awkward um, Kaos Williams I've watched a bit Of his regional stuff As well He's good He's He's UFC ready But maybe A little bit Overhyped Based on His performance in his 57 seconds, two wins in the UFC. Michael Bahia, because he is a flashier fighter, may be a little underrated. In his last fight out, he looked awesome. He looked fantastic. I severely underrated him until his last fight where he showed that he his grappling is is far better than it, it, that it had been shown. His cardio looked better as well. Um, I don't think that Chaos Williams will be able to KO him quickly. Um, due to the style and the range that Michael Bahia fights at. Um, the two guys that Williams KO'd quickly have a much more upright stand-up fighter, uh, a traditional stand-up approach. I'm taking Michael Bahia in this one just because I think that Chaos Williams will struggle to deal with the unorthodox approach that Bahia brings. It should be a very interesting fight. Um, God damn it, Stoney, I hope that we go different at some point tonight because I'm worried that I will not be able to overtake you. Stop worrying about him, stat man. You start worrying about me because I'm on Chaos Williams, buddy. <laughs> I'm on this hype train. Ooh, I'm on out. this hype train. Uh, dominant victories and a third would put this division on notice for him. But I do feel he's slightly overshadowed by Shemaev. Uh, a little bit in the fact that some people would love to see them match up as a fight. But oh, geez, that'd yeah, be crazy. it'd be absolutely ridiculous. The Shemaev's path, they've obviously gone in different directions and the UFCs were obviously really pushing that the other way. If Chaos can get a big win, look out. Chaos and me. Look, Snags is uh, going to defer from his original plan from last podcast. I'm going to go Chaos as well, boys. Heading into the co-main event, it's a bantamweight bout between Jose Aldo and Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera is tied with TJ Dillashaw for most finishes in the WEC and UFC bantamweight division while Jose Aldo currently holds a record for most finishes in the WEC UFC featherweight division. Um, Stoney, give us your pick. Yeah, hasn't the, the drop-down hasn't really gone according to plan for Jose Aldo with uh, back-to-back losses over uh, against Marais. Obviously, we spoke about the decision. Also, Petey Yarn, TKO in round five at UFC 251. In a fight, I thought he actually looked okay, boys, in, in, the, early fa- in the early stages. He even, on the judges' scorecard, took round two. Uh, so mixing it with a, a very high-level opponent there in Petty Yarn, mm, Marlon Vera obviously coming in off the it was a Sean O'Malley that was his last fight. Yep. Yeah. So obviously he got the he got the stoppage and Sugar Sean left on the stretcher. Memorable moment for MMA fans around the world, namely Zach. Um, Jose Aldo, look, you two and five in his last seven, but you look at those losses: Max Holloway back to back, Alexander Volkanovsky, Marias, and Petty Yarn. 
All those boys are on a vastly different level to Vera. Uh, the wins in between there, Jeremy Stevens and Moicano. Yeah, look, I've got Jose Aldo in this one. I think he catches Vera. I'm going to go with a round two TKO. So I, I, I do see some similarities with Jose Aldo's uh, trajectory and Anderson Silva's trajectory. Um, I'm, I'm feeling that Anderson Silva was actually pretty competitive with even with Israel Adesanya and and the higher levels of the middleweight division, despite losing fights, he was still very very competitive. I think that Jose Aldo will be this fighter for the featherweight for the bantamweight division. Sorry, competitive with the best in the division, but always coming up short. In this fight, Cheetah Vera, it is a huge 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 step up in competition for him. I think Conor McGregor did the same sort of damage to Jose Aldo that Chris Weidman did to Anderson Silva. Um, I'm taking Marlon Vera by round two TKO in this one. I don't know about this one. Aldo's looked good recently, but with only one win in the last two years. Vera got through O'Malley, then he lost to Sonia Dong. Sonia Dong? Sonia yeah, Dong. Yeah. Dong. Uh, so I think it's a coin flip. So I'm going to put the world in the hands of a coin flip. I'm going to take Tails, Aldo, and a Vera can have uh, heads. Hey, Google, can you flip a coin? It's heads. Vera for me. Hey, I'm Vera. The actual coin flip. Vera. <laughs> hey, Siri. Who <laughs> <laughs> is Jose Aldo? Max is picked. Oh, that's right, boys. I'm going Aldo. Going against uh, DL Firmly. I don't think I'll turn my sound on for that one, but it did no. come up on the screen. Uh, so I'm going to go Aldo. I don't know why, because I think he's probably going to get beat. Uh, but Snags just want to claw one back, baby. So... What was your what was your finish and round? Finish and round round one TKO decision for me. Uh, And then we're heading into the welterweight main event. It's time. We have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. Um, boys, I want you to. Get yourself ready for this one. Uh, this one's a little out there, but hear me out. Stephen Thompson and Chuck Norris are connected in more ways than you'd think. The most obvious connection for the two is that Thompson was the number one fighter in the World Combat League, which was Chuck Norris's full contact kickboxing promotion. Next, Stephen Thompson's brother-in-law and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach Carlos Machado taught BJJ in the same building the Walker Texas Ranger was filmed, leading him to being in a few episodes of the hit show, as well as assisting with the fight choreography. Finally, Thompson's other brother-in-law is Chris Weidman, whose most famous opponent, Anderson Silva, threatened to bring Chuck Norris to the cage when Steven Seagal didn't help the Spider secure the victory in the first bout. Yeah, great fight, boys. Another really, really close one. Thompson, very high-level striker, obviously. Uh, but at this stage of his career, I'm just unsure that he has that many ways to win bouts besides piling on the points and winning a decision. Whereas I look at someone like Neil, I just think he's got more methods or more ways to victory in this one. As you might accept, expect from someone nicknamed the Hands of Steel, uh, he got a lot of power in the gloves. But that said, he's also very technical when it comes to his striking and the way he presses forward and closes that distance. It's a fascinating matchup because Wonderboy, obviously, with that karate stance, maintains distance very well. But I'm going for Neil uh, with a round three TKO in this one. I reckon he gets the job done. Probably the most disappointing thing for me was Stephen Thompson joining the UFC. I think he was 33 at the time. 
Um, and he was only 5-0 in, in MMA, so he had to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He had to learn wrestling quite late in his career, and he's done a phenomenal job, um, obviously challenging Tyrell Woodley twice for the title. Um, despite his age and despite the challenge that Jeff Neal presents for him, I do think that Stephen Thompson has the tools to take this fight. I'm going Stephen Thompson, and I do completely agree with Stoney. I do think that his his best path to victory for this one is outpointing Neil on route to a five-round decision. Hands of steel, Jeff Neal within three rounds for me. Love myself some Wonderboy Thompson, but Neil hasn't lost a fight since 2017. Thompson now pushing... He's like 37 going on 38. He's 37. Uh, I think he's only won twice since 2017 for the flip side of that. So, but Thompson only fights the best and he's, the names that he's that he's lost to are, are pretty big names in this sport. He does have a, a win over Robert Whittaker back in 2014. So it's like six years ago. That's wild. Knocked him yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff Neal, I know I said within three rounds, but I feel I've got to be a little bit more strategic now that I wasted one with a coin flip. So I'm going to take a decision, Jeff Neal, for me. Uh, boys, Stag's going to go Wonderboy Thompson as per usual against DL as we roll into the uh, last picks of 2020, baby. Uh, no real reason. Not going to give any reason until 2021 because there's really no point behind it. But I love his stance and uh, K for karate, boys. Coming into play for this one, that's for sure. Boys, that rounds out our predictions for 2020. We will have our winner on our award show, which will come up uh, the first podcast of the new year. But, boys, time to jump into a little runner back punters club. Well, boys, true to form once again. Uh, we missed out on episode 38, Multi. Still just the 130 in the bank so far for the boys. Just a quick recap. We had uh, Australia versus India in the cricket 2020. That was our first leg. And unfortunately, we lost in the first leg. India found some form. Nebraska at $1.98. Snags. Do you know if that got across the line or not? I actually didn't catch that one. Uh, I'll check it out. I didn't look. Cause... Uh, we, we only won one. I think it was Snags's. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> Crystal sure. Palace. Uh, I'll pull it up here. I've got it here. Um, no way. Yeah, it was um, Nebraska at Purdue and Nebraska won. Um, Crystal Palace, we went the draw and it did not go through. And Sydney Sixers against Hobart Hurricane. Sydney Sixers what lost the, as well. What was the Nebraska score? Uh, I don't have it. I don't have the, the result in front of me, but I just know that That's they won. so random. Boys. Well, we, let's have another crack. Let's get this week's multi on the go. Uh, our $10 invest this week is Stoney. Stoney, you good to go? Mate, ready to go. All right, so I might kick us off leg one. I'm actually going to go back to my heart. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. Arizona Cardinals to me, Stoney, $1.40. All right, boys, keeping with the NFL theme, jumping on my boys, the Miami Dolphins, pushed uh, Patrick Mahomes and his chumps all the way to a very respectable defeat uh, this weekend. But I think the Dolphins bounce back. They've got the Pats. They, they won the turnaround game last year, which really catapulted the momentum Miami took into this season. So Miami uh, at $1.70, get on them. That takes us to a running $2.38. Powered up to two fifty one, but we still need a bit of value there, boys. So don't be afraid. Stand man. Uh, we've got a big boxing match coming up on Wednesday night. It's the day before the podcast drops, but... 
Um, it's fine. It's such a done deal uh, that we're jumping into it. I'm going Mark Hunt over Paul Gallen. Uh, I'm taking this. I'm taking it straight. I'm going Mark Hunt at a dollar fifty over Paul Gallen. I, l- I looked into it. Um, Paul Gallen has had, I believe, it's either ten or eleven professional fights, and he's only fought two people whose career was made as professional boxers. The rest of the assortment that he has fought are all former league or union or other rugby league aficionados. So not the greatest competitive spirit. And then he goes up against Mark Hunt, who, yeah, he's a little bit old, um, but the man is a kickboxing legend and has been fighting around the world since the 90s. Like, this is such an insane step up. If you go into every one of Paul Gallen's opponent's page, it says he's a former rugby league player who also boxes, or he is a union player who also boxes. If you go to Mark Hunt's, it is cage fighter. This dude fights for a living. It, it reminds me of a couple of scenes from 300. Mark Hunt is a fighter, so it's kind of crazy. I think it's a no-brainer. Beautiful. Takes us up to it. $3.57, up to $3.85. Well, Snags, hope you're going to bring some value. <laughs> I got a little bit of value for the boys, but, you know, I for, uh, first thought, sorry, sorry, that I'll throw out to the boys just questioning if you would think this would be a safe bet. Doesn't sound like something Snags would do, would he? Oh, my God. I'm going to ask the boys. Okay, if we were going head-to-head, right, and we were one zip, like the team you were thinking about back and had one – one game versus zero this year. And then they're on a six from 10 win streak versus an opponent of two from 12. Would you back him in at a dollar fifty? We're doing a small bat. You're doing a small bat in the multi. Sergio Berve, baby. Liga Pro. <laughs> We're going in the multi as long as Stoney submits it tonight because they're playing at 3 a.m. tomorrow, which tomorrow. is. Uh, which is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So this leg would have been done by the podcast gets released. Uh, Sergio versus Dimitri Lenvinikio, baby. That's right. Paid $1.50. Sergio is currently six from 10. I'm bringing a bit of small bat to the potty. Okay. And I'm hoping next fortnight we get to release what would be the usual fund managers. Victory for the boys. Okay. And Sergio is going to lead the charge. He's currently six from ten. Dimitri two from twelve, and they Sergio's one, yeah, one from one from one. So what, what can go wrong, boys? Chuck it in. Sergi Burov, B U R O V. That's the man, the man of the moment, man of the hour. Yeah, playing at three a.m. tomorrow morning. Waking up to a bit of small bat fun, boys. That's right. Grab that handle and get ready to roll because we're going. There's three games left in that moldy. Three thirty by my watch, sugar snags. But the point remains. Oh, sorry, I'm on South Australian so- time. <laughs> We jump up. I got no clue what's going on over here. We jump up to <laughs> half hour. $5.89. It's one of the conservative bets oh, by us. It's conservative. It's conservative. But outlandish. I reckon we chuck, I reckon we chuck another one. Outlandish tactic hasn't really served us well. So, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Well, that rounds out our podcast, lads, and that wraps up episode 39. Our next episode will be the award show, which will be a little bit more listeners-based. So keep your eye on our socials as we'll pop a little bit more information about our award show in the coming week. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast. If you like to support the podcast, apart from listening and liking, you can jump onto our store and purchase one of our supporter tees. That's us for episode 39, boys, on Producer DL. I am Sugar Snags, baby. I'm Statman. And my name is Stoney. And we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast. 
goes bash bash guys seriously i gotta deal with these fucking amateurs <laughs> <in the> <laughs> oh my god it's like babysitting tonight <laughs> you. you i was on an absolute fire tonight i was on a tear it'll sound it'll sound like fire it'll once best content i've ever sound, put out it'll sound fire at the end why because i sobered up <laughs> you did actually make a little bit more sense at the end <laughs> from the start <laughs> I thought I had a good run tonight.